Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. anyway so like kind of saying like like oh it's my top like even movies too when someone's like what's your top five movies i think it's easier to do movies a little bit but i still have to be like all right well like my top five comedies my top five like dramas because i can't like because depending on my mood my yeah my top five might change like on a monthly basis i understand that and i wonder if for um i didn't know if we were recording or not that's why Always. Um, I understand that, and I wonder if um, musicians feel the same way. Like, I hesitate to say that because my movies, I have my top five movies that are tattooed on my body. But it's like, that's because... Wait, you, ta- you tattooed your top five movies on your body, mm-hmm. but you still have like... 50 more years of life, hopefully. So you're going to keep adding to the list? Because, well, let me finish the point, <laughs> clown. It's my top five movies. They're like what made me want to make movies. Each one of them has a part um, structurally that uh, just I was enamored with. I was like, this is this is dope, and this is what I want to do okay. with my life. That's fair. That, that, that does change how that is. That <laughs> yeah. phrasing mattered. That yeah. phrasing mattered. I'm like, you can't have a fucking finished list. At age 25. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but no, yeah, it's in addition to top five. But I'm saying what I was getting at was I wonder if musicians feel the same way, you know, like these are my top five because like this particular Well, I think with that rationale, I think everyone has a top five. If you say like top five things that inspired you to do something, well then, yeah, I mean, that's way easier. If you're saying your top five favorite movies of all time, I don't know if you can have a concrete list that early in your life. A, because you will grow and change, hopefully, if you're like still the same intellectual space you were at age 20 as you are at age 40, something's pretty fucking wrong. Second, hopefully someone makes some better shit, including maybe you. <laughs> maybe you make a movie that's now in your top five one day, and now you got to update your favorite movie list. That's very valid. That's very valid. Um, I was with you already with the um, you weren't with the with music me. point. I was. I just okay. were on a podcast, so <laughs> I was trying to, trying to keep the conversation going. You don't have to keep shit going with me, bro. You could just Come talk, on. man. Hey. This isn't radio. This isn't like fucking iHeart. <laughs> yeah, that shaded all of you on iHeart. I was about to say, wow. <laughs> Big shots at the Breakfast Club, bro. I know. I know. That's big shots at everyone making of. a lot of money doing this <laughs> on big time networks. <laughs> big shots at all y'all getting big checks. You guys have restrictions on what content you can add to your podcast. We don't. Gang, gang. <laughs> Hoping to get there, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know how to yes and to this. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you like, came in, you, 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 you big football vibes today. Yeah, 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 yeah. I realized that <laughs> when I looked at myself, literally right before I came in here. Also, speaking of right before I came in here, bro, th- uh, the most hard-o energy I ever witnessed in real life happened uh, when I was walking my dog this morning. And I turned left 
around this corner, and Buddy walks straight off of a pirate ship and has a whole ass parrot just chilling on his shoulder with his like hands in his pockets. Okay, but you, like, by, by <laughs> saying Buddy walked off a pirate ship, that's stuff that didn't happen, and you just mean you saw the guy who walks down my street with a parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, okay. bro. Yeah, there's a guy who walks with his parrot every goddamn day. I don't know the man. He occasionally will look into my window and like look me dead in the eye and I'll like kind of give a nod. And that's, that's, yeah, it's Parrot Guy. It I don't know. I was trying to, you know, build an uh, image, you know. I know because when you first said things. walked off a pirate ship, I was trying to envision how a pirate ship worked because that would be actually fucking crazy to me. <laughs> I was thinking, was there like someone driving like a weird car? You know, this is Hollywood. There are things that I've seen that could mirror what you were just saying. Okay, but then I realized good. you just meant old dude with the little with the little bird on his on his shoulder. I mean, still pretty crazy that my man's is just walking Honestly, around casually with a. You look as crazy as he does. You look like a I don't black look that crazy, like though. you look like Lil Wayne decided to dress as Matt Patricia for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> with the bucket hat that says bills on it with the whole little tie on the bottom and your University of Michigan track jacket. Yo Famo, that's so funny, dude. Cause it's like, does does Wayne grow out the beard? Like does he grow out the beard? Like what is like <laughs> so many questions about that. But that is a good joke. Um yeah, dude. I yeah. I, I just have a bunch of football stuff. Like I didn't realize it until it was already on. You know, bucket hats are just fun hats. And uh, I'm surprised you have so much like college gear still. Like I feel like probably five years after college, I really couldn't find any of my stuff anymore. And I, today, I only have like basically a, I have a pair of Cal Jordans that have gone unworn, and I have a Cal Polo that I got that they sent me a few years back that like. Anytime I'm doing something that's like semi-serious, I like wear my Cal Polo and I look like I'm like ten years older automatically. It's like my one like kind of serious shirt. I, I think that's just school shirt. School polos in general all have that feel to it. Like you're going to a job interview. Like. But yeah, that's I guess like that's the thing. Like I don't think that like a normal person views it that way. I think when you're an athlete and this is like whenever you're doing like appearances as an athlete in college, you like have everyone to wear that. no sweats today. You got to wear your polo. So polo in, my mind, in the khakis. I'm like, oh, polo in the khakis. I'm seeing someone important today. Like I did like canvassing, like political canvassing. I'm like, Cal Polo got to look serious. I had like a job interview. I'm like, oh yeah, Cal Polo. Like, hey, I'm I'm here to take this job really serious. Fam, um, it's the appropriate way of wearing like your ring or like you know what I mean? Like the the did Cal get a sports ring like when he graduated? <laughs> I mean, not when I was there. Oh uh, well, you Michigan mean, like, you has mean, like, you rings. Mean, like a graduation ring, or you mean like for winning championships? No, no, like. Michigan gives you a ring, like if you were on the the team, and then you get a ring. I feel like, and like I dudes... might have one somewhere. I know that I know that each year you were supposed to get something. So I think my letter was my first year, so I got a jacket. Yeah, and then I know that I at a certain point you got a sweater, so I got a sweater. But it's funny because at the time the style was like everything like nine XL, so my sweater is like unwearable. Terrible. Like three years later, I was like, Terrible. they're like, you sure you want it bigger? I'm like, bigger. Yeah. Like, how much bigger? I'm like. Bigger, longer, bigger, Yo. draping off. It looks like I'm just wearing like the entirety of the store Joanne in blue and gold. <laughs> it's not, it's so much fabric. People, people, can you please um, type in Rod Benson into Google? Uh oh. And then I need you, <laughs> and then I need you to look at his 
uh, fourth picture over when oh, he was a real skinny boy rocking rocking a wide suit. I was trying to find an example of the outfit he's talking about, but that's the the closest I can. No, what? That was a that was a fitted. You talking about with the old spice thing behind me? Yeah, 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 no, that's a fitted man. I was fitted. That's at the that's the All Star game. <laughs> I was fitted in two thousand and eight when I was a D League All Star, but we got to do the NBA All Star stuff all together. I was out there looking fly, man. I was at I was at that was at like Shaq's <sighs> party or something. You know what? You're right. The real picture is Uh-oh. way far down, and nobody's gonna do it. But uh, it's Rod Benson Draft Express looking real crazy. <laughs> If it's Draft Express, then yeah, because that's in 2000. And the hat you had on was so crazy. Oh, Lord. I don't even know how far. I'm, I'm scrolling, trying to it's see. It's a real you... deep scroll, bro. It's a deep scroll. How did you scroll that deep that quickly? Well, you just got Quick with the hands, bro. Scanner eyes. Yeah. It's not about the hands. It's about like the literally yeah, processing the information you're it's seeing. It's because my writing partner um, reads very fast. And whenever she shows me something, uh, which sucks because I'm dyslexic, I feel like I have to analyze it extremely quickly oh <laughs> that ha- i was also kind of fitted then too I was ah, just no, bro, no, that is bro. a that is a at the time when i was broke and making zero dollars in the d-league i was somehow able to like swing this like ralph lauren jacket and also we're in boise idaho so i wore like a warm hat all right, it flex. was the winter. All right, flex. Go with you the, done go me, with the bit, worse. man. There's you nothing done me worse. No, <laughs> it defend my <laughs> honor because people are gonna look up this shit and be like, "Oh damn!" Like, and clown shit. They don't even know what they're clowning. The year was 2007. The mood, playful. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, on that note, <laughs> on a playful note. We aren't here this week to break down my old fits. Times change, okay? David Stern put in a dress code. It was rough. You're right. Okay? My bad, my bad, my bad. The We're here to discuss jock jams today, Come which I consider it. like Come the ultimate it. in music and sports ever. A big part of that is because they have ESPN branding on the CDs. Mm-hmm. Chris Berman, is Stuart's got on there too? Chris Berman and Dan Patrick do the intro to Jock Jams Volume 2, which is the best one and my favorite one. Mine is the fifth, um, but again, f- this is our age different showing. Uh, the yeah, because you like literally the worst one. The, yeah, but the fifth one has <laughs> Welcome to Miami, and as a seven-year-old, that is the ultimate bop that my dad would play on. Well, that, that's what's interesting <laughs> about Jock Jams is that you know, reading up on it, one thing they didn't really anticipate was how much kids were going to end up loving it. At the time, there weren't a lot of these um, compilation uh, CDs out. I mean, this is before now that that's what I call, I music, call music was out. Yeah. This is before totally dance hits. Bro, they uh, got real out of hand with it. This is before Kids Ultimate. Bops, baby. Yeah, I think it was before Kids Bop, too. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but um, so I think Kids Bop. Literally started because, again, I'm saying literally, I really don't know. I think <laughs> Kids Bob started because kids really love Jock Jams. Nah, nah, nah. Say it with that same intensity. No, I'm saying, Say yeah, it matter of fact. Let me, let me correct myself. <laughs> let me be a better version of myself, okay? Growth is important. I was just talking, I was just actually saying last night, Chris and I were talking, and I was saying like, I have gotten used to, wait, was I talking to you? No, I was talking to somebody else. But I've, I, I've gotten so used to exaggerating things that don't need to be exaggerated that I'm start like I'm like catching myself now and like trying to like, like like literally if you're like oh how many like 
cans of soda do you have in there? I'll be like, 13. No one has a 12-pack. I'll be like, no, I have 12. Like, what do you, it, it doesn't mean any different to you. I don't know why I'm adding one to make it sound just slightly better. We're going to have to dig into that real quick. We're going to have to pause on John James. You're to have to explain where that comes from. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it comes from, as it is Mother's Day, my mother exaggerating the shit out of everything she ever said all the time and still does. Just completely, like I'm not talking a 12 to 13, I'm talking like a 12 to 100. My mom will be like, oh yeah, we were, like we were so poor growing up and my mom will be like, yeah, kids never wanted for anything. We always, we always had it together. I'm like, what are you, that is such a blatant lie. Ah, mom, it's, it's so wrong. Well, I mean, that's the narrative, bro. Like that's you don't want to, uh, you don't want to sell the, the truth. Is rough to swallow, bro. It's it's the tr- realest medicine. So it's. Like, oh, I, thought, I, I I didn't know what metaphor you're gonna follow it up with. Yeah. The truth is, <laughs> it's the realest medicine is one possible version. There's a lot of other ways you could have followed it up. The truth is the largest dick in the room. <laughs> like, what? Wait, did you think I, that that's what I was gonna follow up with? <laughs> Knowing you, man. Like a, Knowing you, Matt Patricia. No, fam. I don't know. No, I don't fam. know. That on me. And you can put on a shirt. The truth is the largest dick in the room. That's our first. On the back, it says "tough to swallow." That's our. That's our first piece of merch. There is some white dude with a Confederate flag sign on his truck right now. Who's like, oh, that shirt really just resonates. Doesn't need that at all. I know <laughs> 10 guys in Michigan that will steal that shirt off my back if I <laughs> quickly. Like that is, that's just funny shit right there. That's what that is. Oh lord. Oh my god. So Matt anyways, Patricia. back to John. Matt Jams. Patricia would steal that shirt. <laughs> uh I found an interesting uh article. I don't know how much of this to really quote, but basically um the, there was a music label executive named Monica Lynch. She was then president at Tommy Boy Records, uh, a New York label known for working with artists such as De La Soul, Coolio, Africa Bambata. Africa Bambata is such a cool word to like read. When you say it, it's like dope. When you read it, it's like, God, there's so many A's. <laughs> Africa Bambata. There's so many A's. <laughs> Why are you reading it like Aku, bro? Africa Bomba. That's what it looks like. Africa spelled with a K. Bombada has five A's in it. It does, but I still don't think... Africa Bombada has 20 total letters, and 19 of them are A's. And you're still the first person I've ever met in my life that says Africa Bomba. That's how it reads. Obviously, it's not how it's said, but Africa Bombata is what it looks like on paper. Okay. So anyways, the the Tommy Boy Records had a suite at MSG in the 90s, and uh, that's when they were lit with, like, the team going to the finals in 94. And... uh, and she realized that the, the games felt really exciting because of the way the music and the organs like used to like go together. So, <clears throat> and she thought it could translate to a compilation album in the vein of its successful "Party to Go" series with MTV. So, I guess "Party to Go" was a previous version of Jock Jams that wasn't like necessarily sports focus. Uh, focus. She said, "I would hear the same music being played at games and all these classic rock and R and B tracks with these organ bits in between. So, I thought this stuff would be pretty easy to license." Uh, and so she told, like, you know, the organ guy at MSG, and he got in on it, and then they decided to brand it with ESPN to uh, get, you know, the word out, basically, like, because they had done the same thing with MTV to do their Party to Go series, right? So 
uh, ESPN, there's people there who thought it was a trash idea. There's people there who thought it was a good idea. Because they, uh, Stephen Nutson, then director of sales at Tommy Boy, told HuffPost, I thought it was the worst idea. I thought it was really stupid. Why would anyone do this, especially hip-hop label? That's, why would anyone do this? Why would this? anybody do this? That's such a wild take on this. But we were talking about this earlier, that the, after the first one, the, the songs start becoming very like non-sporty. Like This first one is the most... Well, I think that you have to keep in mind that the... Jock Jams wasn't releasing like really current tr- current tracks at the time. It was more they were finding like all the anthems that like had ever gotten someone hyped at a sports game. So, yeah, okay. you know, that's why it had YMCA on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, which yeah. wasn't new. Um but also I think that I think that you also kind of associate Jock Jams one songs with sports because it's Jock Jams one. It's like so ingrained now that this is like sports True. songs. In Jock Jams 2, which is way more successful, they incorporated number one hits songs as well as songs that they thought were traditionally like being played at sports stadiums. But I would say, I would argue that because of what their focus was and the fact that they had ESPN as a partner, because ESPN wanted it to be real vanilla, no cursing, no, uh, nothing too sexual, nothing like that, that the song choices they had also reflected what they heard as popular music in arenas at the time. Like, so Jock Jams 2 has Macarena on it. Yeah. But it also has Freak Nasty's Da Dip. I don't know <laughs> if that's in my top five favorite songs or not, but let me, let me, let me tell you a story about One, Freak two, Nasty's Da Dip and why this, why even when the idea of this podcast came up, I'm like, we have to do Jock Jams. Why? Why are you, why are you saying the name like a carrot? Freak Nasty's Da Dip. <laughs> You saw, you saw like you were in the hearing that wanted the parental advisory sticker on the cover. Do I sound like the court stenographer? Yeah, read that back to us. Uh, and then he mentioned Freak Nasty's Da Dip. Freak Nasty's Da Dip. Uh, my bad. Go ahead. Uh, you Tell say, you say it. You Tell say your how, story. how do you say Freak Nasty's Da Dip? <laughs> you don't say the whole thing. It's, you're doing that Cat it, Williams okay. bit. If I it's just not, say, if I just say, it's not a dip, name Slick Mac. You don't have I, to say the whole thing. I, if I just say Da Dip, who's listening is gonna know that it's Freak Nasty's Da Dip. <laughs> there's a chance in this bit. In this bit, tell me the story. There's a chance that it might go over someone's head. Anyways, this album came out in 1996, and if I remember correctly, Freak Nasty's album. Might not have been out yet. At this time, I was really into buying CD singles because I could afford them mm-hmm. versus getting a whole album. Like, a whole album might cost, like, $15, but a single might cost 3 So, this album was probably the fourth album I ever got. And I used to... I got, like, the Space Jam soundtrack. I got the Wild Wild West soundtrack. Those are both heaters. I got this, and I got a... Kilos, I wish. Those were the first four oh records I got. But the other three being compilations mean I got like all the dopest songs yeah. at once. And so, anyways, Freak Nasty's Da Dip, I hear it, and I am taken aback by this song. I've never heard such intelligent music. Like, oh my God, it's not just a cool song, it's a dance. I would go every time we had a school dance, and mind you, like in seventh grade, because this is 1996 for me, the the school had probably two dances, but the boys and girls club that was attached to the school also had like two dances. Uh-huh. So there was four opportunities for me to get 
Freak Nasty's Da Dip played uh-huh. and try and do and Da Dip hand with up a, on somebody's hip. Well, first of all, I think at that age, I didn't even understand that you would do it like together, like with someone and like, you know, rock. Because in the video, it's like kind of this robot guy like doing it alone. Yeah. So I wanted to like fa- face to face with a young lady, hopefully. Just stare her in her eyes. Yeah, and we and both just... like look at each other, <laughs> put hands on each other, oh our respective God, hips. Oh my God. And dip and dip and oh dip. <laughs> So I would be at the school. Oh I, I would God. be at the school dance wearing my school polo, probably, and I'd just be waiting, like waiting, waiting, like like literally not dancing to anything else. Just like there's this one. I don't remember this girl's name. I just remember she was like, she had braces, and in seventh grade I thought girls with braces were like cuter. I'm like, oh my God, those braces though. Oh my God. They're goodness. slapping. Those braces are lit. Oh, so I feel like I'm watching. So like time keeps going by, and he's not playing the song. So finally, I go up to the DJ and I'm like, do you happen to have the Jock Jams Volume 2 album? And he's like, which all DJs love to like he's not Like he's being a typical <laughs> DJ, just kind of like like nodding, like, oh, like, oh, like, what do you want? And I'm like, can you please play Freak Nasty's The Dip, please? <laughs> sir, please? sir, please. I need you to play Freak Nasty's The Dip. Sir, I've just turned 11. This is super important to me. Also, I just turned 12. How like, old was I? How much of a hardo do you have to be to like not take a request at a at a seventh grade dance? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. What, how well, serious is your mix, bro? The thing like, is. Yeah, I mean, he did take the request, but yet it is funny that like you would have any attitude. Like it's like all. I'd have children like, okay uh, so he plays it and this is like truly one of like the worst moments for me like it comes on and i like i like locate her and i'm like hey do you want to dance and she's just like no and i'm like i just didn't i never thought like she might say no like like at all like it never crossed my mind yeah because she knew you and then i spent the rest of the dance so mad this is like this is something like angry white people every, every angry white dudes like never grew out of but i like learned this lesson that day like being mad that a woman doesn't like you is like a futile exercise. <laughs> but I was so mad. But I told my friend, I remember his name was Nathan Jacobson. I'm like, go tell her she's like a beautiful bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're to make her with a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, like, maybe she'll like it somehow. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, like the rest of the dance, I I kept checking in with him. Like, did you tell her? Did you tell? He's like, yeah, I told her. I'm like, yeah, she knows now. She knows. Fam, if I ever watched a Disney Channel movie and that shit happened, that would be my favorite movie. <laughs> like nothing is better than this. You know what you should have done? You fucked up. You had an opportunity to be real petty. She just went out in the middle of the floor and just head up and just did the dip by yourself. I think because so that was dance one where this all happened. The rest of the dances, yeah, I just did it by myself. No one ever danced with me in seventh grade. Like not a single person. Fam, that's I don't know. I think I can one up that with a real embarrassing story. I was um my dad threw me a party. I think it was my uh I was in high school, so maybe like fourteen or something, like fourteenth birthday. Uh I did not know people yet at school and um I'm a, a real 
I didn't know. How, I'm dyslexic, like I said. So I spent a lot of time, once I learned how to read, by myself in corners reading. So I was a weird guy. I just happened to be yes. very you, athletic. You were a weird guy. Glad you made it past that, Matt. I just happened to be athletic. No, I'm saying evened out. It evened out. I sanded down the edges a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, And so like I didn't really have friends like that. It was just other people on the team. And my dad was like, no, you got to have a party. You got to have a party. You're in high school. You got to have a party. I was like, Dad, please don't. Please don't do that. Mm. And then uh, we did do it, and he got this big hall, and maybe 10 people came, bro. And it was the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> like, because my so, dad just made so me, you, like... So the only mistake your dad really made was just getting a room too big? Because 10 people, like, at that age, is pretty good. No, it was 10 people in a massive room with a dance floor. It felt like a scene out of The Shining, bro. It was just like a big hall, and there was a dance floor in the middle, and it was dark. Also, you know, trauma might be ex- making the room even bigger in my huh, memory. Huh. But, like, I just remember it being one of the most awkward experiences of my life. I just remember, like, any time in my youth, if ten people wanted to gather in my honor, it would be, I'd be elated. I mean, six of, them were, six of them were my cousins, so it's like... <laughs> even then, my cousins just show up to shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> This, you is, know this, is a, this is a very privileged-ass story. Put everything Your dad could afford right? a huge-ass auditorium. Put everything you had a dad. You had 10 friends at least. What are you talking about? I had none of that shit. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. Nobody has, nobody has played me with a dad joke. Yo, okay, so that's all. Oh, you motherfucker, that was good. <laughs> I have a homie. I have a homie. His name is D'Angelo. And in high school, um, uh, uh, one of our friends uh, would go, oh, yeah, my parents are da-da-da-da, would say any parent story. And I'd be like, oh, um, must be nice to have parents that uh, like cook you dinner at the same time. Like I wouldn't know. My parents got divorced when I was seven, and the D'Angelo always come through and be like, uh, "I wish I could go to my dad's house." <laughs> I didn't even know my fucking dad. So I was like, "Bro, you have to undercut." It's the me. only like positive you get out of not having a dad is being able to just drop that just in when someone's telling like a fire. story that sounds depressing to them. Like, "Oh, my dad doesn't respect my space." Like, my dad respects the shit out of mine. <laughs> 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 Never once encroached. <laughs> Yo, my dad respects my space so much, I have never seen that nigga. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> it's all I got. It's all I got. It's just great timing on jokes. Oh, shoot. Anyway, so... Oh, so, yeah, so that, the, 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 the freak nasty thing is what, like, I'll never forget Jock Jam specifically because of that song. Yeah. Like, even looking it up today, I was like, oh, wow, like, a lot of these songs on Jock Jam's Volume 2 I forgot were on there. Um, specifically, like I said, like, the Macarena, uh, Macho Man is on there. This is how this is how we do it. This is your night, which I would say is, like, low-key, maybe the slappiest song on One, here. One, two, three, four slaps, bro. It did, it did, because at that time, Coolio was so hot, too. Like, I think that was his second single. So, yeah. again, like, anything Coolio did at that time. Like, this album, in general, just slaps. That's why, I, I mean, I think it got to number 10 on the I billboard. It. it went platinum. Um, but I also would say, like, they chose to add these little transitions in Jog Jam's Volume 2. Like, if you look up the track list, like, track 7 is called Hey, Hey, You by the Jog Jam's Cheerleaders. Track 12 is called... Grooving in the Bleachers by the Jock Jam Cheerleaders. 
And track 16 action is called boys. Action Boys. Action. <laughs> action Boys. That action. Graphics. So wild. <laughs> so feels, wild. We're chillers. That feels inappropriate. <laughs> it's, it is inappropriate. Because so the, the, the iconic Jock Jams CD cover design, uh, the, the same executives from Tommy Boy Records were like taken aback by this other like foreign group. Let me see if I can find them. Called Roxy Music, no, no, they're, yeah, they're from uh, from like Portland or something. But yeah, so they're like, I'm looking at very this. Very foreign. I'm Portland, look, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> Portland, again, this is me correcting most myself. Foreign place. <laughs> it's pretty foreign, man. Have you been to Portland? <laughs> yes, many times. <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> it's pretty it's fucking crazy. Not that crazy. So many strip clubs. There's a bunch of people Six with tattoos, snakes. bro. <laughs> what you mean? There's a lot of vegetarians and a lot of tattoos. Uh, but yeah, so Roxy, I'm looking at their cover, it's like literally like basically two naked women. And so they were like, oh, like this has always grabbed our eye. Like, so they <laughs> I wonder so, why. <laughs> so like, let's put cheerleaders in skirts on the front of Jock Jams to help boost our sales. Hey, so it's a very like, it's a very like 90s, like, especially because a woman was the one that like came up with this. Like, oh, you know, we're going to get men more titties. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Jock Jams Volume 3's cover is just straight up uh, inappropriate. <laughs> What's the like, volume three cover? Uh, is this black lady and um, just straight up booty shorts just hanging on the cover? It, it's it's not like the other ones were just like maybe they're at a game, you know? Like, yeah, you, so you can see game. that each cover gets a little bit wilder. I mean, uh, no, actually, volume four, volume four just takes looks it back. Like a, yeah. yeah, volume looks four like just Spice looks Girls. Like, exactly. I was like, I wonder Spice if just... that is because Spice Girls are on it and they were trying to. Give it that look, because yeah, Jock James Volume Four looks just like Spice Girls. Wow, Volume Four has some heaters. Uh, yeah, starting with Yeah Baby Austin Powers. <laughs> it's the first song on there. That's not what I was looking at, but you're right. We got Space Jam. We got Mo Money, Mo Problems. Holy shit! It? Are you seeing this? J.K. Simmons has a fucking skit on here or something. No one pushes us around. We're gonna listen to it. We can't play it on here, but we're gonna listen to it later. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna pull this up because what is J.K. Simmons? This is interesting. I like actually never at the time. I don't think I really knew who J.K. Simmons was. Wait, what do you know J.K. J.K. Simmons best as? Um, J. Jonah Jameson and uh, the teacher from uh, one of my other favorite movies, Whiplash. I would say J. Jonah Jameson comes in second to being. The uh, voice of Korra's mentor in The Legend of Korra. Why am I forgetting his name, though? Do you remember his name? No, because I didn't like that season as much as the original one. And also, yeah, no. Mine was clearly me. Okay. Uh, this thing is not on streaming, so we're never going to find this. Great. That was a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> It's a waste of time. I'm like, oh shit, that's definitely not there. Just dead air on that. What are you gonna do? It'd be like that sometimes. But yeah, so I think that because of Jock Jams, especially one and two, I think it, once you get past two, it loses that like sporty feel, just like you said. Um, at least in terms of like these songs feeling like arena songs. Yeah. Even like half of volume two isn't really arena songs, but No Limit by Two Unlimited for sure. Um, this is your night. Songs like that, like, yeah, I feel like Jock Jams literally changed how sports and music coexist. 
Because first, they started with what they were doing in New York specifically, right? So it doesn't mean every arena was playing these songs or had, like, organs and stuff like that to get the crowd hype. Yeah. You know, especially, uh, I think the Lakers were, like, the first team to even add, like, showtime elements to their games, right? So I assume the Knicks followed suit very quickly, but... Who knows what they were playing at in Portland? It's a whole other country, basically, right? So this marketed the idea of what popular sports music was and made it nationalized. To where again we think of some of these like, what's the first thing you think of like when you think of like a sports song? For me, it's Are you ready for this? Doom 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 doom. Again, that's because you're a hooper. For me, it's Seven Nation Army because every football stadium ever has that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I meant. Like in this space, don't be like, I consider it a simile because of the usage of the word ass. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that right now. I didn't do that. You asked. And I told you an answer. You didn't like the answer. Answer in the the space in which we're talking about. Well, I. Are we supposed to bring our two different uh, experiences no, you're to the to situation? Agree with me, just that is not different. how life works. <laughs> I'm supposed to one A this shit, and you're supposed to one B this shit. Well, guess what? I took it to one C, motherfucker. We gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> that was a, that was a little improv joke there. He ate a C, guys. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? That's how you come up with new ideas. <laughs> If nobody finds yeah, this the, entertaining, the, we do. The one, the song that I just referenced, though, the Are You Ready For This, is also the song in, because when I see the cover, and I'm reminded, and I brought this up during the Friday Night Lights episode, Bring It On. Mm-hmm. And that's the song that they like do their like spirit fingers dance to that goes terribly wrong. But I think, like yeah, like all of that type of branding made these songs into songs that like a lot of them are still played today at arenas. Um which is why it's important that, and I, I still think it's crazy that ESPN decided, like, you know what, we're gonna brand ourselves with Freak Nasty's Da Dip. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's a bold move. That is a bold move. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is just off the name alone because someone in that office was definitely saying, Have you heard Freak Nasty's Da Dip? It's a. Um, Interesting take. I have no real okay, wait, counter to that. I'm having, I'm having a moment here. All right, and let me tell you why. Okay. Because I realized I had the the Jock James Volume 2 um, track list up, and I did not see Freak Nasty's to dip on there. Mm-hmm. Because it's on, it's on three. Vol- it's on, on three. Volume 3? Okay, good. Whew. I was about to be like, is it not even on there at all? Did I just yeah. play myself with this whole thing? Yeah, because it's on the same heat list that has a call on it. And ride it. Yes, this is, yeah, okay. That's why this one really makes more sense to me. Because, yeah, Quad City DJs, again, also had the song on the uh, Space Jam soundtrack. Yes. Uh, So, like, literally their two biggest songs were just, like, soundtrack songs, basically. Uh, No Diggity. I'm really... Sad that they didn't get Genuine's uh, Pony on here. Let me clear my throat. Banger. See, now that's a song they still play at arenas all the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe Jock Champs is, uh, you know. Cotton Eye Joe. And the Chicken Dance. That. Gotta be honest so when I played I in. that was never played ever. Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah, can't stand it anymore. Okay, so I pl- I, when I played, uh, I played in the D-League in North Dakota. And... 
before every game, not before every game, because we get to control the music before every game, but during every game, at some point, Cotton Eye Joe would play and the Chicken Dance would play. And to that point, like I think I'd known of Cotton Eye Joe, but I never really heard it. I most certainly, even though it's on volume three here, I think I never, ever once played or listened to the Chicken Dance. <laughs> and so they would play this song and the whole, I mean, like, granted, it's probably a 10,000 seat venue with like 6,000 people in the seats. Like yeah. we did pretty good for D-League attendance at the time. Every single, like, all 2,000 children in there would be like, and I'd be like, what are they doing? So, like, I said that out loud the first time, and, like, the assistant coach heard me, and he's like, the chicken dance. And I'm like, this is foreign to me. This is some red state so, weird stuff. I don't know what this is. My question is, this is before internet, right? So you understand how everybody knows about Baby Shark. Because the internet is a thing. Yeah. How did people know about the chicken dance? Because I feel like everybody has always known about the chicken dance. Like, that's but, interesting. Because like, I didn't. How? I definitely didn't know about it until I saw these people doing it. So where did? Yeah, where did the chicken the, dance come from? I'm, I love anybody listening to this. Tell me how you learned about the chicken dance. Please, if, please. Is it just a word of mouth dance? Like I've literally only done it. Like you said, in the, I was at a save and people just started doing it, and I was like, "What's going on?" And everybody just knew it. And it's like, you know what, what a fucking sad fact is, is I've seen more people know and understand the chicken dance than Freak Nasty's to dip. <laughs> what do you mean? One is a way better dance and song. <laughs> I well, don't understand. The people have spoken and clearly the chicken dance is a better dance song. So to, to, to kind of wrap up that North Dakota point, though, the game would have Cotton Eye Joe and the chicken dance. We, as our own warm up, like... A mix other like slappers at the time would always play chicken noodle soup. So like the other team would be warming up and we'd be like it'd be like whatever slappers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden chicken noodle soup and we'd all stop and be like boop with a soda on the side. <laughs> we'd like do a hand motion of like holding a soda like out to the side. The and chicken noodle soup, soup had its own dance too. Yes. So pretty Let soon you see the, and clear it out. You'd see the other team, they'd be coming in from like Austin or like LA or something, they like start to feel it, and all of a sudden you see like all of us, like both sides, twenty dudes just like hit, let it rain <laughs> Is this and watch it out. And let it rain and wash it out. Is this and your haka, bro? This, this <laughs> like the New Zealanders do that. We <laughs> did chicken noodle soup dance before the game. The fans did the chicken dance during the game. Y'all and real after game, we would go to this bar called Bucks, which had it was it's terrible, but it's the only place to go there. Did they have fried chicken there or something? No, it's <laughs> Bucks is Bucks is a bar and it closes at midnight. It's full of smoke. They have like poker or not poker uh, blackjack. Sounds at like great. a twenty dollar limit, they have a dance floor, and they have like shots of Jameson for like two bucks. Okay, this is the most things I remember about the place. Okay, okay, that and like a wild, like a wild age range of people too, <laughs> and like a big Native American population in there also, like just right. gambling and smoking. Okay, all right. We would get in there, and then we would request uh-huh. every single time the cha cha slide. Right. So it'd be game time. I'll be honest with you. I was expecting another chicken thing. And you no, threw me off. You threw me over the cha-cha slide. It was you a, did the it, two it, chickens. It I thought I was getting another chicken thing. Two chickens and a cha-cha. You're like, not getting three chickens. Is there another chicken-y dance? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so we would, we would, it would be like a whole dancing thing. The other weird thing about Bucks, it's Chicken totally head. They could have played chicken head. But what, there's not a chicken head dance. Chicken, chicken, chicken. You're doing something to this, but I don't know if there's a... Yeah. But Bucks would also... Always play Eminem's uh, so Smack That. It would always play Smack That. <laughs> All on the floors, like that. Like, and Big and Riches, uh, uh, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. 
It's like the only three songs I remember from Bucks after Bucks every does game. Does not sound like my kind of place. Bucks <laughs> is nobody's kind of place, but it's also everybody's kind of place. Okay. You really just got to be there. All you got to right. be there. Like it's not. If you didn't have to go there, would you ever go? No. No. But All once right. you're there, you you find ways. You find ways to make it work. Okay. All right. You know. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to add on this. You got some, you got some <laughs> I, more Jock Jams content for I, us? No, I didn't know Jock Jams was so influential, but apparently Jock Jams threw on the vibe of music at stadiums. This is where this is where it's always going to be interesting because most of my references are going to be '90s, and you're going to have to you're going to have to figure out my '90s ma- things are TV, bro. Like that's all I got for you because I was. My brain was not really that active. Yeah, you were still dyslexic back then. So yeah, yeah. Man, I was. Yeah, thank you. For bringing that up. Yeah, so. Dyslexia is not a joke. It's Disclaimer: not, It's not a joke. It's not at all. He it's reads quite well today, at least at seventh grade level. At least I've seen him. He's quite quick. Bare minimum. Okay, I could read a Harry Potter book, mother. Anyway, have you ever seen that Fifty Cent? Just real quick uh, tangent. What? That 50 Cent video where he's talking shit to Floyd Mayweather? Yes. He was like, if you could read one page of a Harry Potter book. (laughs) That was the craziest burn I've ever seen to that date in my life. Bro, threw the water away? I I cried. He was like, yeah, he's just challenging (laughs) Mayweather. I was like, I'll pay you any amount of money to read one page of a book out loud. And I was like... Oh, there's so much wrong with this. That's so mean. There's so That's much so wrong with this. Mean. The that man is has crazy. no chill, dog. None. So, so yeah. And also, we kind of learned that Floyd Mayweather probably can't read. He did it on The Breakfast Club, and guess what? He did not do it well. He read on The Breakfast Club, and it was not great. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any names here, but I was like, I think when I got to college, I was like shocked by how like little some of my contemporaries and various sports had been prepared for the college experience. Um, and I'm saying that to like really throw off the scent of who I may be talking about, but we were in a class. We literally took as our like language elective or whatever, yeah. like fun fact about college sports, everyone takes the same classes, especially when they figure out one that's either easy or fun or both. So our language that every athlete was in, Except for was like, it like Native rowers, American? it was Swahili. Yeah, there it, it is. Swahili. There it is. It's one of the. Two. I don't remember any Swahili like except for like hamjumbo, and Bro, I don't even remember what that means. It's Swahili in Michigan. It's Swahili sign language, and uh, I think there's one Native American language, and that's what every athlete takes. Okay, so keep in mind we're taking a second language, which is Swahili. So everything we're learning is very basic English sentences, like "hello" or like. What is your name? Yeah. And so this particular athlete was supposed to read out of the book. And I I remember it went just like this. He was like, ha, hey, man, fuck this blood. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, no, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I can read. You're going to think I can't read. What are you doing? What are you no, doing? No care for him. You're embarrassing me. Yes. Everybody thinks I am also was, as dumb as you. He was successful. I was all I had to go by was the fact that I could like read and I was different and shit, man. You out here making me look bad. Fam, I embraced it. I made a lot of money writing people's papers, dog. We had to go to um uh like it's like a study table. Yeah. And um because of football, you just have no time to do your work, bro. But the minute I stopped, it's college is not that hard, bro. But like you also see that um, it's getting people in for some real meat market stuff because it's not helping 
a student athlete is such an absurd thing to me. That's not real, okay? Because you can't. I mean, I'm sure we'll go much. into this in depth when we talk about blue chips. True. Or, uh, you know what? Yeah, let or, me stop. Let me but, stop. But <laughs> just to just to like kind of respond to what you're saying, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I probably my whole time in college, I was like a 2.3 student. I had to finish one class after I technically graduated, like the summer later, uh, like the the summer after. And it was like the easiest class ever, like without having to do basketball, without having to like spend most of my day focused on something else. I don't think school had ever been easier. I was like, oh, I just have to like literally sit here with like energy <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it's fine. Fam, fam, how anybody can say anything to any athlete ever. I'm like, dude, I woke up at four o'clock today and I'm in class at eight o'clock. I've been up since four o'clock yeah. running and getting punched in the face by dudes that weigh 300 pounds. I've been lifting weights. I've been doing all this shit. And all you had to do was roll up literally 30 minutes before class and you can't do your work. And it's hard. And that's the type of stuff that I reply like, wow, it must have been nice having a father. <laughs> <laughs> and we out. Put my hand up on your head. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.